It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Friday, November 18th, 2022. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. Some business owners on American Street in Sitka are asking that the city change its status from one-way back to two-way. The conflict over the downtown route came up at a recent Police and Fire Commission meeting, and commission members weighed in. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. American Street runs perpendicular to the city's main downtown thoroughfare, Lincoln Street, which was closed to traffic this summer during the biggest cruise ship days. And in early May, the city modified American Street to a one-way heading northbound to preserve parking and assist with traffic flow. At the time, a city press release said the change would be in place until further notice for the summer season. But while Lincoln Street opened back up to full use in October, American Street technically remains one way. Thad Paulson owns the Sitka Sentinel on American and Barrick Street. He said the public wasn't given the appropriate notice about the closure. I was surprised on May 13 this year to learn after 53 years living and newspaper publishing in Sitka, to learn that a downtown street may be changed from two-way to one-way with no advance notice to the public or to affected individual property owners, of of whom I am one. And that is what happened to American Street on that day. As to why I should be surprised, the simple answer is that it it has never happened before as far as I know. And Stedman insurance owner Carl Stedman said a lot of drivers hadn't really noticed the change and just kept driving both ways. He said that was due in part to poor signage. It caused some problems on American Street intersection with Lincoln Street. There's a stop sign still there facing the wrong way of a one-way street. There's no one-way sign. So when you go down Lincoln Street, you're going to start getting it in your head. It's a one-way street. So American Street is still a two-way street. I watch them go both ways. American Street also has parking on one side. Stedman said that needed to be maintained, but he knew there wasn't necessarily consensus on the traffic. There's not a real good answer to the situation. Doesn't matter what decision you guys make, it's probably going to be wrong in some people's eyes. (laughs) So... I still feel strongly it's worked for 41 years as a two-way street. People just need to go slow. you got to be polite. Let other cars go. You know, when somebody gets a delivery, I can go out the other way and not think I'm breaking the law. Commission Chair Greg Olson wondered if the street had been reconfigured due to safety concerns and asked if there had been any accidents. Sitka Police Lieutenant John Ashea said in the last three years, none were reported. As for changing the traffic configuration, Olson said the feedback they'd received from the public was mixed. That there's um, unanimity on what people think should happen. Um, I don't think at this point, number one, I don't know what it is we're being asked to do. And number two, I don't know if we know enough to do anything. Olson said without more guidance from the city's public works department on why the traffic flow changed, he didn't know what the commission could do. Commissioner Lloyd Platson agreed that some clarification would be helpful. Maybe someone from Public Works comes before this body then and explains the rationale. What are the, what are the pros for doing it, the way that they're doing it, what are the cons for doing it, and explain that to us if they want us to have input and allow uh, 
the public to be here at that time to ask questions as well. Platson, however, thought the commission could take one step, recommending the street go back to two-way until further information and notice is given to the public. His motion passed unanimously. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. Traffic congestion will be a primary concern as Sitkins buckle in to plan for future tour seasons. The Sitka Planning Commission on Wednesday reviewed 2022's tourism operations to create recommendations for improvements in 2023 and beyond. Much of the forward thinking, however, focused on how best to move half a million people in and out of town. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. The starting point for the Sitka Planning Commission was data from a survey taken by citizens at the end of last summer season. Respondents had plenty of feedback, most of it positive, on the closure of Lincoln Street on days with high passenger volumes. But the 74 days that Sitka's main downtown thoroughfare was closed to vehicles didn't solve congestion elsewhere. Amy Ainsley, Sitka Planning Director, said addressing traffic and visitor drop-off and pick-up would be a big concern for next year, 2024, and into the future. Next on the list was an issue that's been gaining momentum in public discussion lately. And then secondly, so many comments in the community survey about bus electrification. Chris McGraw owns and operates the Sitka Sound Cruise Terminal, where most of Sitka's 383,000 passengers disembarked in 2022. That number could be much larger in 2023, possibly as many as 200,000 more. That would create round-trip bus traffic five days a week to downtown Sitka and back. Even so, McGraw says electric buses don't pencil out. As for the electrification of bus transportation, a 45-foot motor coach like we operates in the $1 to $1.2 million range to purchase. We have 17 of them. So the feasibility of a private entity funding electric buses at this point is non-existent. Bruce Conine runs a wildlife tour business out of small buses. He offered a 50,000-foot view of the problem. He recommended that Sitka look past buses and go right to rail. As long as it's electric and moving people, you guys will have access to huge amounts of government money. Maybe even a company like Elon Musk Boring Company could bore a hole in the ground, pop up at the Centennial Building. It'd be a unique thing. I think some of the cruise ship passengers might even think it would be a cool stop to go and actually ride in a tunnel made that way. And it could be very fast. I'd love to see it underground just so it wouldn't mess up our little town. Conine was perfectly serious about electric rail. Part of future planning is thinking big. His idea doesn't sound so far-fetched when he contrasts it to the reality of moving almost 600,000 people by bus. Rather than have to hire 60 bus drivers to try to run that many people and keep that much machinery going on the road, which is very hard, uh, to have a rail system that could bring them in quick and get it paid for by government funds, why not? Another more down-to-earth approach came from an unlikely source, Laurie Boise, director of Visit Sitka. Boise thought solving Sitka's problem with visitor transportation included improving transportation for locals by addressing the shortage of taxis in town and optimizing the public transportation system called the ride. This is no reflection on the management of the ride, but our our public transportation system, I think, needs to be looked at as part of long-term planning. Who is it servicing? How is that working? Right now, it only works Monday through Friday. It doesn't service the airport. 
we don't have enough taxis, people are walking into town over the bridge because they can't get from the airport here. The Planning Commission's task now is to make recommendations to the Assembly about 2023 and beyond, and many of them will expand on efforts begun last year on topics like temporary restroom locations, food cart permits, signage, and safety improvements. This is a lot to bite off for a group whose traditional job involves reviewing and approving conditional use permits and variances. As the 90-minute meeting drew to a close, Commissioner Daryl Windsor offered one last recommendation for municipal government. I think the Assembly ought to make a uh, tourist planning commission separate from this commission. (laughs) Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. You can find links to Sitka's end-of-season tourism survey results on our website, kcaw.org. Molly of Denali has been nominated for two Children's and Family Emmy Awards. Vera Starbard is one of the show's writers. She says that Molly of Denali is special to her because of its role in forming young people about what it means to be Alaska Native. We're dealing with racism. We're dealing with identity. We're dealing with really serious Alaska Native issues. But in the context of educating small children, like, you know, like, there's just an inherently fun thing about that. Starbird said she would often think of Molly of Denali as a show about Alaska for Alaskans, but the Emmy nomination makes her think more about how people outside the state value the show. Alaskans in general kind of do that to themselves. You know, like we we love what we put out there into the world, but we don't think it, anyone else will take it as seriously or care about it. And... This shows people will. People do. <laughs> Frank Henry Kosh Katas is another writer for the show who is listed on the Emmy nomination. Writing for a children's show means he can help create representation that he didn't have as a kid. When I was little, I thought the ultimate warrior, the professional wrestler, was a native guy because I just didn't have any representation that I knew of in the media. Turns out he's like Italian from New Jersey, but that, like, when I was little, I was like, that guy is Clinkett. You know, when I was a little kid, I was like, he's a clinket. He he wasn't. But, uh, you know, we were dead. I was grasping at straws at that point. Now, Katas points to shows like Spirit Rangers and Reservation Dogs that give young Indigenous people a view of themselves on television. This is the first year of the Children's and Family Emmys. The nominations were announced early in November, and the winners will be announced next month. Taking a look at the community calendar... Students from Mount Edgecombe High School will give a demonstration of Native Youth Olympic Games at 1245 today at the Sheldon Jackson Museum and via Zoom. For more information, email friendsofsjm at gmail.com. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News. This is